Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. I've been on a fun, a fun little journey. Um, I wasn't really, um, you know, I, I was actually just spending some time with him and I was just really just grateful for um, everything he did on Sunday. I was just really, really moved and, um, you know, just what Jesus did. And man, it's just, I think I'm just wrecked. You know, I just get wrecked by him all the time. And as I was sitting there and I was just um, thanking him and I was in this really just sweet, tender place with him and he just blindsided me with this word. And I was like, whoa, like that's not, that's not the train of thought I was in, you know, like that wasn't what I was thinking about. And so, um, I actually had just a small little, uh, <laughs> war with myself. Um, cause I was telling Tisa that I needed to do taxes. And so, you know, I can't do anything else but taxes. That's just what I'm doing. But, um, I really felt like that he wanted me to, um, deliver a word today and, um, for each person, it's going to be something different, obviously, that it's going to um, uh, talk to you and touch you in a different place because we're all at different levels of our maturity. We're all at different levels of our walk. We're all at different levels of um, learning how to be loved by him. And um, so I think uh, you'll just have to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you and decipher where you are in your journey with him. Okay. So Holy Spirit, I just want to pray over our hearts and Holy Spirit, I just thank you that, um, that you're so good and that you're better than any friend. You're the perfect one. And so Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would just come and that our hearts would be open to receive. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you'll come and Shine your light like you do. You're just the beautiful light. It's what you do best. So I just thank you, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. I had this really cool picture um, whenever y'all were um, singing. Uh, one thing that's so fun about Rolly, this is not what I'm preaching about, by the way. I'm just saying this is just a fun, just a fun little thing. But um, one thing I love about Rolly is... Anytime I get out of the car with him, he just does this and he just reaches for my hand. I don't have like I don't have to say, hey, really, like, let me have your hand. You know, if we're walking into a store or something, he just like just assumes the position whenever we get out of the car. And I'm like, oh, like, that's so dad right there. Like, man, he loves to just take us by the hand. And it's that journey with him that we learn that he'll actually hold our hands and lead us, you know? Sometimes we think we got our big pants on, big girl pants, big boy pants, and we have to kind of lead the way. And he's like, no, listen, I got this. Let me hold your hand. And so I, I don't know about you, but I need that because sometimes I can try an adult too much and I forget that I need him. And then, you know, hey, that doesn't end good. I'm going to dance around in Revelation tonight. Yep, let's dance. I'm going to talk about a couple churches because I think these two churches are really um, where a lot of us find ourselves 
at some degree or another. And um, I think uh, just in the state of just what all is going on in the world, um, I can see that um, this is the enemy's um, way in to try to affect the body of Christ. And so um, whenever I was just praying, um, I heard from the Holy Spirit, apathy is in the church. And so I don't like to just like think that I automatically know whatever I'm hearing. So then I'm like, okay, well, what are you saying about that? And let's turn to Laodicea. Let's turn to Revelations 3.14. I'm going to start at, at the church of Laodicea. Um. I'm going to read out of the Passion. Um, It starts by saying, Write the following to the messenger of the congregation in Laodicea. Uh, Laodicea means human rights or self-righteousness. So we're going to look at a church that um, really kind of had it going on, and they felt good about themselves. They... um, uh, more of a self-righteous feeling like they kind of have it. And so then they're not having this really great need for God. Obviously they, they love him and, but there's not like this um, deep need for him. And they've actually found some pleasure and some satisfaction and just their own comfortability. And I think what's really important about this is, is I can feel Shudi mentioned this stretching And I can really feel this stretching. And I think that one of the ways that I can see God is trying to enlarge us is he's wanting us to set our lives up that it's completely impossible without him. But see, we spend so much time trying to make things just right that we don't really absolutely have to have him. I get the job that makes just the perfect amount of money. I give the just just enough tithe just to get away, just so that I know that I got the check mark and I know that I was obedient. But I don't really give outside of that. I um, I surround myself with people that I know I can trust. Every they got to be perfect because I'm perfect, and so I got to be around perfect people. And I set my lives up, my life up, just perfect, so that God really doesn't actually have to have a lot of say. You know, even in our mindsets, like we're not really wanting to be challenged. You know, we're just kind of good. You know, we're good where we are. You know, life is good. I'm good. Everything's good. And so let's just keep this hunky-dory. And if you go on to verse 15... I didn't finish 14. Let me finish 14. Write the following to the messenger of the congregation in Laodicea, which means human rights or self-righteousness. For these are the words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know all that you do. I know that you are neither frozen in apathy nor fervent with passion. How I wish you were either one or the other. But because you are neither cold nor hot, but lukewarm, I am about to spit you from my mouth. 
which I love Brian. I, I love Brian Simmons that um, he talks about spit from my mouth. That's, that's actually, I'm going to give you a piece of my mouth. I'm going to basically give you some truth that you need to eat. It's not, uh, I'm done with you and I'm going to just spit you out and you're done forever. This is him coming to give you a reprimand. Okay. It says, for your claim, I'm rich and getting richer. I don't need a thing. Yet you are clueless that you're miserable, poor, blind, barren, and naked. So I counsel you to purchase gold perfected by fire so that you can truly be rich. Purchase a white garment to cover and clothe your shameful Adam nakedness. Purchase eye salve to be placed over your eyes so that you can truly see. I want to pause just for a second. Frozen in apathy. So picture this. You're, you're not really at a place where you're just indifferent. You're just like, okay, I, I just can't do anything. And, and you're not really at a place where you are burning for him. It's this middle ground place that God really doesn't like. He, God doesn't like it whenever we are just kind of okay with where we are and we are not hungering and passionately pursuing him. And so I feel this intense craving from the Holy Spirit that he, that he is wanting us to need him. He is wanting us for the very depths of who we are to call out for him and for us to have our lives set up that if he doesn't show up, we fail. We will fail if he doesn't show up. See, the modern church, it grieves him because they actually can do a Sunday service and they're fine if he's not there. They can, they can do their three songs, they can do their message, and they can do their little tithe and offering, and then they can go and it's all good. But God is not satisfied with that. And he is calling out for his bride to be completely shaken from any kind of lukewarmness and cause your hearts to begin to burn for him. Burn for him. If you don't know how to burn for him, go face down until you figure it out. That's something you've got to work out with him. But if we don't, if we don't position our hearts to actually begin to burn and hunger for him, we'll get swept away. We'll get swept away in the cares of life. We'll get swept away in trying to make our lives just right that we miss what God called us to do all along. And I can feel, I was in the green room. I was in the green room and I began praying. And I, I felt this just deep intercession come over me because I could feel how hungry he was for his people. I could feel that there was this deep hunger that he was having that it's just like he wanted to be the father that heals. He wants to be the father that's good. He wants to be the father that brings all good things. But sometimes we can keep him at a distance by not needing him. We don't want to embarrass ourselves. We don't want to think of what people might think badly about us. So then we really restrict the things that he wants to do in our lives because we want to protect ourselves. 
and that's dangerous. It's dangerous. If I was to say, who would like to sacrifice their God destiny and raise your hands? Like, how many am I going to get here? How many participants am I going to get? None. But there are ways that whenever we are not actively pursuing him, that whenever we are not, keep, we're not keep pressing on the boundaries of our lives, then we become stagnant and good with where we are. We can spend more time asking God to take fear away from us instead of learning how to conquer fear. And so then we won't do things because we're waiting to not be afraid to do it. But he's like, well, no, like, I need you to do it. And you're going to be afraid. Get that. Okay, so you're going to be afraid when you do it. So what? So whenever he's saying that you claim I am rich and getting richer, I don't need a thing, yet you are clueless that you're miserable, bore, poor, blind, barren, and naked. Whew, that's harsh, isn't it? So I counsel you to purchase gold perfected by fire so that you can be truly rich. Purchase a white garment to cover and clothe your shameful na Adam nakedness. Purchase eye salve to be placed over your eyes so that you can truly see. How can you, you yourself, how can you purchase gold to be, to be through that beautiful fire that burns? How can you? See, the reason why he says that you need to purchase gold perfected by fire is because the fire is whenever you go through situations that actually bring out your impurities, that is what brings up the gold. But if we don't ever want to go through the fires that bring up the impurities, or better yet, whenever the impurities come up, we want to push them back down again or try and put on another face and be like, no, 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 those don't exist. He's like, no. You need to get out there where you allow my, the fire of my love to come and burn up those impurities so that the pure, beautiful gold that's useful for something can, can shine brightly for others to see. And so, you know, if you were to think of your life in these little segments, do you have areas of your life that you... um? You have uh, set up protective measures that you don't really have to challenge yourself to see the greater things in God. Do you, do you believe God for more than what you have now, or are you okay with where you are? Verse 19, all those I dearly love, I unmask and train. So repent and be eager to pursue what is right. 
I dearly love, I unmask and train. So you know what that tells me? There's a mask that needs to come off. And there's some training that needs to happen. How do you do with the unmasking and the training? Do you love it? Do you, do you love for somebody to say, hey, I love you so much. Let's, let's look at these things. Let, let me look inside your heart with the Holy Spirit. Let's talk about this. Let's work through some of these things. He wants to unmask and train you so that he can use you. And he, he, it's like, I see that, um, you know, we can put out the stifling, fiery presence by wanting to cover up the things in our lives that he's trying to actually bring out and help us get free from. And, you know, there's a lot of things. There's a, maybe there's a lot of trauma. There's been pain. There's been, um, man, all kinds of horrible things that can cause a person to want to cover themselves, to not want to be vulnerable. But God, with God, it's a place of vulnerability that you always have to get to with him. And so he wants to unmask and untrain. Uh, I mean, and train, not untrain. He needs to train. Well, he, uh, he may actually untrain some stuff. It's possible. <laughs> that may, we may need that. I'm sure of it. Um, and 20, it says, Behold, I'm standing at the door knocking. If your heart is open to hear my voice and you open the door within, I will come into you and feast with you. And you will feast with me. And to the one who conquers... I will give the privilege of sitting with me on my throne. Just as I conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. Think of this. Think of self-righteousness. Think, think of all of these self-protective measures of self, just self-everything. For the one that conquers your own self, <laughs> you, you let him conquer you, then you get to sit with him. That makes me want to let myself get conquered. You know, passivity in our lives is really created from a place of being lukewarm. If we are passive in our desires with him, if we're passive in our approach to life, it's just a dangerous place because that's the lukewarm phase. That's not the burning, burning, burning phase. Do y'all remember when you first gave your life to him? What was that like for y'all? Just think about it. Was it real, like, just chill? Like, ah, he's nice. Or was it, like, all-consuming? Like, I would, like, I would do anything for him. I mean, I would, like, you name it. I would 
dance around on my underwear at this point. I don't, I don't care. See that, that is, that's how we're meant. That's how our lives are supposed to be meant with him. But somehow along the way, we, our lives, if we're not careful, they can begin to get, um, snuffed out of our passion and our deep hunger and desire. And before you know it, we're just kind of content with just what we have. And, you know, consequently, the problem is, is that the people that we're with the world, they actually suffer if we're not burning, passionate, hungry people. Because they will get you at your lukewarm stage. I have a lukewarm stage and it's not nice. If, if I'm there, you don't enjoy that. I'm not, I don't have, I don't have anything to give. If I'm, if I'm burning on fire, passionate, hungry, man, like I'm alive. I, I can see I'm there. I'm in it. I'm like, man, God is there with you. I can, I can do this thing with you. And that's what he, that's what a church that's live, well, and hungry, man, that right there is powerful. So what causes you to lose hunger for you? Do you have pain, disappointment, unforgiveness? Maybe God, maybe you have unforgiveness with God. I had that. I know. And man, that was an ugly thing whenever I found that out because I really, really believed that um, I had this weird mindset that like, cause you know, I came from a lot of abuse and trauma and I know whenever, um, I had been knowing that I really, really needed some deep healing and I had, um, you know, been struggling for a long time and I knew that this was just time. And so Teresa and I, we fasted and, um, you know, really began to just pray and intercede for this time that I was going to have a sozo. And um, he showed me an area of my life. And I found out that I, I needed to forgive him because I had this misconception in my mind that he was God and he could have protected me and he didn't. And so then I didn't even know that I actually needed to forgive him. You know, now on the other side, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's crazy, you know, because I can see it so clearly. But that right there, if I didn't deal with that, that would have caused me to really, my, my walk with him would have been deeply, deeply hurt. And I would have been very lukewarm in my pursuit with him. Because it's hard to pursue somebody that you don't completely understand nor trust. And so, you know, maybe, maybe you find yourself that you need to do some forgiveness with people, forgiveness with others, but I'm just saying, do whatever it is that you need to personally do to rid yourself of any kind of protective self mechanisms and lukewarmness so that you can really burn on fire for him because the Holy Spirit is longing for it. I love, um, were we talking about, was that on Sunday that we were talking about, um, that passage? I think it was Sunday. We were talking about that passage, how um, all of heaven is on their tiptoes waiting for the sons and daughters. Mm -hmm. That's us waiting for us. What are they waiting for? Like, what are, what, what are they waiting on you for? 
Are you live, awake? Y'all are a tough crowd today. Come on, come on. Um, I know, right, because I am talking about passion and stuff, and then it's just like, mm. Woo! The Holy Spirit just said, hunger for my presence is replaced with steps and programs. The deep need for healing, while it is true, but we can stop seeking the one that heals us and looks for steps to heal us. The church has become very similar to the self-help programs, but I am not a program. Do y'all feel just the um, the yuckiness of things that are self, just self? Like everything's about what I can do, how I can't do it. Man, I just messed up again. And I don't even know how to do it. Like all that is so grievous because we have an inexhaustible Google database at our disposal and he is longing to teach us and train us. And so yet we can get all caught up with, me and thinking I need to know how to do it whenever we need to just go face down until we seek him until he begins to show us you know I think there's this thing where sometimes we're afraid of not knowing and the not knowing is the beautiful part the not knowing is where you want to find yourself if we find ourselves always knowing well then we're not thinking super high because because ob for obvious reasons, I mean, his his ways are what are they? Mm -hmm. They are. They're a lot higher than ours. <clears throat> I feel like the religious spirit has really. Um, one of the ways that the religious spirit comes in and it was active in the church of Laodicea is that, um, you know, that's how we replace programs with methods and steps and all these things to get him to do something for us whenever we're really just needing the presence of God to help and to deliver us. And so, you know, the religious spirit will be offended by the freedom in the Holy Spirit. The religious spirit hates it. It, it, ha it. it wants for there to be rules and systems in place so that you feel protected and so you feel like you know what your next steps are. And that's not how God is going to flow. He, he is going to be different for everybody. Your journey is not going to be my journey. And if you're not willing to go on the journey to discover it from yourself, but you want to just learn other people's journey, you're going to be really frustrated because it on purpose won't work. He is, he is going to be tailored to you. And it's not about, I mean, you can pick and you can get, you can glean things from other people, but it is your own personal journey with him. And you have to go that way with him. And there's not any other, you can't do it any other way. Um, in Matthew, in Matthew 6, 21, it says, For your heart will always pursue what you esteem as your treasure. 
The eyes of your spirit allow revelation light to enter into your being. If your heart is unclouded, the light floods in. I love that. It reminds me of what we sing in worship. But if your eyes are focused on money, which money is just on things. Let's just say that, okay? But if, you're, if, you're, um, if your eyes are focused on money, the light cannot penetrate and darkness takes its place. How profound will be the darkness within you if the light of truth cannot enter? How could you worship two gods at the same time? You will have to hate one and love the other or be devoted to one and in despise the other. You can't worship the true God while enslaved to the God of money. So what are you going to look at? What gets all your time? What gets all your energy? That is the thing that we begin to behold. That is what we become. If you are focused only on lack, if you're focused only on yourself, if you're focused only on your deficits, then you will only receive the negative things that you're so focused in on. You know, that's why whenever we were started out talking, um, whenever I was saying how he loves gratitude, you can be so completely um, engrossed in pain and heartache, but whenever you tune your heart to gratitude and you put that thing in, the in your line of vision, before you know it, that thing becomes so big that everything else fades in the background. But if you focus on every other thing other than the one thing, then that will really begin to cloud your vision. And so maybe it's work. Are you a workaholic? Are you a relationshipaholic? What gets your most time? What gets your most energy? What gets your most thoughts? What gets your, what gets your focus? What is it that you truly hunger and crave? I just feel like I need to just pray for a second. Holy Spirit, I just pray right now for your freedom. And Daddy, I just pray over minds. I just uh, speak right now just a breaking off of negative mindsets. And I speak over mindsets that would stop the seed from getting in. I just say no in the name of Jesus. I break that right now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, I'm just asking for you to come and for you to begin to break down the negativity in people's minds. And I'm asking Holy Spirit for you to come and do deep works in our heart so that we can truly love and completely burn for you. We want to burn for you, Holy Spirit. We want to burn for you. We want to burn for you over anything else. You're our single, single passion. You're our single hunger. You're our single desire. And so, Holy Spirit, I just pray that tonight hearts will be set free. I speak over fear. I break that right now in Jesus' name. I release peace in the room.
I release peace. Peace, peace, peace. Peace, peace, peace. Holy Spirit, we just say that we don't want to be comfortable in our lives. We don't want to be comfortable in our lives. We don't want to be comfortable, Holy Spirit. We want you more than we want comfort. We want you more than we want the ways of our own flesh. We want you. We want you more. Just pray in the Spirit. We want you more, Holy 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 Spirit. God, I just say that we will not substitute comfortability. We won't substitute image. We won't substitute what people think. For you, we won't, Holy Spirit. You're more important to us than anything. You're more important, Holy Spirit. So I just pray right now, God, I'm asking that for each heart, I'm asking, Holy Spirit, for you to set each heart free from any kind of um, self-protective measures, from self, Holy Spirit. We yield to you, Holy Spirit. We yield to you. May the passion of our lives be on full display. May the passion of our lives, the desire for you, may it be greater, O oh God, than anything else. We want to burn brightly for you, Holy Spirit. We want to burn brightly, 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 Holy Spirit. Holy, Holy, Holy Spirit. We love you, Holy Spirit. You're the perfect one, Holy Spirit. You're perfect, Holy Spirit. I just pray that each person that you would just show us, Holy Spirit, if there's any places that you're longing to push us out into something new, into new territory, into new arenas. Holy Spirit, I'm asking for you to show us if there's anything that keeps us from moving out with you. Do we have injuries, pain, Holy Spirit, that we need to forgive or get healing for? We want to move out with you, Holy Spirit. In the church of Ephesus in Revelation 2, um, it's a really interesting church because um, if you start in verse 2, it says, I know all that you've done for me. You have worked hard and persevered. I know that you don't tolerate evil. You have tested those who claim to be apostles and proved they are not, for they were imposters. I also know how you have bravely endured trials and persecutions because of my name. Yet you have not become discouraged. They sound really good, don't they? They sound like they got it going on, don't they? That sounds good. Verse 4. But I have this against you. You have abandoned the passionate love you had for me at the beginning. Think about how far you have fallen. 
Repent and do the works of love you did at first. I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place of influence if you do not repent. Although to your credit, you despise the practices of the Nickelodeons, go with that, which I also despise, the ones whose heart is open, let him listen carefully to what the Spirit is saying now to all the churches. To the one who overcomes, I will give access to feast on the fruit of the tree of life that is found in the paradise of God. Remember, I told you to remember your first love. You know, you think of like a new relationship, a guy getting a girl, a girl getting a guy. You know, that intense, like, man, like everything is about them. You know, everything, like you want to check your phone every five seconds. Did they text me? They call me. You wake up thinking about them. You go to bed thinking about them. Every movement that you're doing, you're thinking about him. That's what the Holy Spirit is crying out for from us. The kind of love that it's not about, did I get it but read my Bible? But it's about, did I yield to him and make him my Lord today? Did I serve him and love him? Did I live each day thinking about if he would approve of this, thinking, is this going to please him? Thinking, are the meditations of my heart pleasing to him? You know, something can happen in church where we get used to just being in, you know, just being in the rhythm you know, we're just doing the thing, yet we forget to remember that passionate love affair, that passionate love and desire that he burns for us with, and he longs for us to burn back for him. He is hungry for his bride to be passionate and in love with him. Don't spend time wondering if you can get away with something. Spend time wondering if this is going to please him. Ask him, Holy Spirit, is this, is this pleasing you what I'm doing with my days? Is this pleasing to you what I'm watching on my TV screen? Is this pleasing to you how I feel about these people? If you'll, if you'll ask him, he'll be willing to tell you. I've been, I've been praying, Holy Spirit, show me every wrong attitude, every wrong mindset I have. And so guess what? He shows me. And he shows me by me acting like an idiot. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that was so stupid. But that was in my heart. So I want to be unmasked and trained. Do you want to be unmasked and trained? Or whenever he comes and he blows through and he says, hey, that's not good. Do you go into pity and then spend 10 days trying to get over that he told you something that you needed to fix? Or do you repent right there? 
Then say, I, I'm wrong and I want to do different. We've, toler we've tolerated a lot of passivity because we didn't think it mattered. Sometimes it just happens so, so slowly that we don't even notice it. Have you ever been on the beach and you're just having fun? And the next thing you know, you look back and your hotel is like a mile this way. And you're like, wait a second, how did I even get there? That's how it happens with us. If we don't choose to burn brightly for him, if we don't choose to really have him be center and Lord of our lives, that he can show us anything that he doesn't like. And if we don't do that, then before you know it, we're way over here and we were supposed to be right here and we lost sight of him. And that is, that's the enemy's, that is what the enemy is doing in the church. That's how he's disempowering the church. It's not in gross sin, although sometimes it is. But the only reason why you can actually get in like gross sin is because there was a whole lot of veering off that you didn't do anything about. Our first love. He wants to be your first love. He wants to be your first love. He wants no other. He wants no other above him. If you won't have anything else above him, then he can give you anything. But if you'll have everything else above him, you can't be trusted. I really just want to encourage you. Don't be satisfied with your level of relationship right now. Don't be satisfied with your level of hunger right now. You could have more. Don't be satisfied with places that you haven't learned to overcome. You can overcome. I want to just read something really quickly before... Before I quit, if only I had a people who would sell all they had for me, if I had a people who would sacrifice their dignity for the sake of my name, if I had a people who would cleanse themselves of the stain of the world and join in unison with me. Oh, what would we do if I could have a people that would let go of their ways so they may experience my ways? My people, I have so much for you. I have so much for you to do. Can you put aside the distractions of this realm so that I may take you into the next? I long to adorn you with the beauty of my majesty. 
Will you shed your Adam thinking to think like me? Will you let go of your Adam-like ways and see you were freed from that existence? I made you clean and whole. I gave you a ring and a robe. I cut the ties to the old life. Why must you go back? Why must you choose to care more about what you look like, what people think? Do you care what I think? Do you have the presence of mind to consider the thoughts I have for you? My people, will you join with me? Will you join with me in the unity of pursuit? Will you take on my name and allow my face to radiate from you? I'm longing for a people. I'm longing for a people who burn with intensity. I'm longing for a people who will sell out to hunger, passion, holiness. I'm longing for a people who will attach themselves to me and not let go. Many people have become so dull of hearing, they no longer can tell the difference from my voice and their own soul. Their ways have become so murky and confusing. They have forsaken truth to satisfy the passions of their soul. Will my people shed this dreadful disease in my church? The price paid was a worthy one. Come and allow the blood of my son to cleanse your minds and motives. Allow my fire to burn up all that isn't sustainable. Come and drink of my cup and taste what I long to give. Son, daughter, this time and season you are in is not meant to play around with. Now is the time to jump in the river and cleanse your ways of thinking. Submit your mind to my design and your thinking will flourish. Come and present yourself before me and I will show you what I see. My fire is burning bright for you. Come and allow me to cleanse you with the fire of my love. So Holy Spirit, I just thank you that you've gone first, that you did everything that we could ever need to live a life that's pleasing to you. And so Holy Spirit, we just say that our life was an expensive price for you. And so we want to return it with our belief and partnership with all that you say about us and what you call us to. And so, Holy Spirit, we just thank you for your words tonight. And I just pray that you will offend small thinkings in our mind, offend places that need to be offended. I invite your offense. I invite it. Offend me, Holy Spirit, with what isn't like you. I want to know. I want to know what pleases you. I want to know what you love. I want to know what you enjoy. I want to please you with my life. So we thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com.